Welcome to Christ Church Pops, a podcast of Christ Church Parish in Pensacola, Florida. Here we'll be sharing the preaching of the parish, both recent and from the past, as well as conversations with the people of the parish. So let's go. Today, Reverend Katie and I are talking with our head of school, of our school, Episcopal Day School, Robert Stevens. Robert, how are you doing? Wonderful. All right, so our first question, you've been here how long now? Just starting my sixth year. All right, how did you end up at EDS here? My middle daughter, Chandler, was a uh, student at the University of West Florida, and I would just come and visit her frequently because I love my daughter, but I also kind of fell in love with Pensacola. And one day I was here downtown, wandering around, having coffee, and I saw the school. And I didn't really know that there was a school downtown, much less that it was an Episcopal school, or it was a member of the Florida Council of Independent Schools. And I was at an FCIS school at the time, and that's kind of what started my interest in being here. And God kind of did the rest over about the next four or five years, but... I've been happy since day one. It's been awesome having you here. The school is doing great. So one question I have for you, and then like Katie asked the next one is, so you've been doing education now for a while. Yes, sir. What's the biggest thing you've seen as a change between when you started and now and educating kids? I would say probably that's, there's a lot of things that could go on that list, but probably the influence of parents and that goes back 34 years. So that's this is my 35th year as an educator. I'm I'm a school teacher, really is what I am. And from my first year to this year in independent schools, I've seen a growing influence of parents in the independent school world, which is really a positive because everybody knows and all the data shows that parent involvement is a major contributing factor to student success in terms of achievement. So that's just a very positive trend. It has its challenges. Drawbacks, maybe? Yes, but for the most part, uh, involved parents, whether it's getting them on the phone, having a meeting about the child, the vast majority of independent school children go home after school, they get a snack, they go to their activities, they are uh, doing homework, they have help, they have guidance, they have supervision, and all of that stuff is what leads to student success. In fact, the absence of it, which we see more than we'd like to all over the country, um, is has the opposite effect. So as an educator, you've had many different roles, and now you're a head of school at Episcopal Day School. What's it like just a day in the life as a head of school? Never the same. The days are completely unpredictable. Um, I, as a as a head football coach, as an athletic director, a, a curriculum specialist, elementary, middle school, high school administrator, and teacher, that is the one constant: mm-hmm. is that no day is ever the same. Mm-hmm. Um, we work very hard to be proactive and create systems. But when you deal with 62 adults and 466 kids who all have things going on in their lives, that is never the same. No day is ever the same. But it 
really allows for us to pour into the lives of adults and children. And that's kind of what ministry is all about. We might have a plan and a to-do list, but things always intercede. And so there's always opportunities to love people. Mm-hmm. So with that, not everything being consistent, what's one of your greatest challenges kind of on a day-to-day basis? Probably people. Yeah. Uh, we talk about loving people even when they're not necessarily lovable. And everybody has things that go on. The Bible says that we're, we're either... Uh, that that trial and tribulation will come. Mm-hmm. So we're either we're either going through a difficult time, coming out of a difficult time, or about to have a difficult time. So when you have those sixty-two employees that are always dealing with things, it's impossible not to bring that stuff with you every day. Mm-hmm. And teachers do an incredible job of setting those things aside to love children every day. But that really can't be done in its entirety. There's always um, people in certain circumstances that we need to try to love and help. And that's probably the biggest challenges in it is supporting and loving people in an environment where the 20 students who are sitting in their classroom really need to be served because that's the parent expectation. Mm. So there's a lot of uh, support that goes on, a lot of partnering, a lot of standing shoulder to shoulder with teachers. And teachers understand this. And they themselves do an incredible job of loving and helping their colleagues, especially here. That hasn't always been the case where I've worked, but Episcopal Day School is a really special place in terms of, I think the word family is overused, but... Uh, that's kind of where we are as a school. And maybe it's a reflection of, of the broader community that we live in here. Okay, so you say it's a special place. So tell us how you would describe EDS to somebody who has no idea what it is. So they're talking to another administrator from another area. How would you describe our school? So great question. I actually do that from time to time. I'm careful about it because I've grown to love the school so much that nobody really wants to hear how how great you have it, especially when maybe they don't. But one of the things that I talk about uh, in terms of our school is the fact that by and large, we all really seem to be pulling in the same direction. No two people are the same. And when you have as many employees as we do, as many teachers and administrators and assistants as we do, there are going to be some philosophical differences in the best way to achieve something. But the goal is the same. And so when we have those discussions, um, we're all kind of after the same thing. And in a, in a Christian school environment, a lot of that has to do with what God is asking of us. So when we talk to children, we can tell them what God's word says. I can't imagine the environment where you can't do that or when that's not acceptable or when your, your, your parents wouldn't like that because that's all I've ever known. But I do have colleagues who aren't in that situation, and we do have those conversations. But I, I would say the thing that makes us so special uh, overall is that we all kind of, despite our differences, we're, we all kind of want the same thing. We're all kind of pulling the same direction. And we have a hard work environment. Some of my colleagues I talk to um, don't have that. 
And I think one of the interesting things that happens at EDS, this is not necessarily by plan or design, but I think it's just God working amongst us. We are um, committed and willing to do what it takes to accomplish our goals. There's not anybody around here that I'm aware of who's just punching a clock and making this a job. This is, this is more to all of us than that. You know, one of the things I always tell the teachers is I don't think any of them are primarily doing it for the paycheck. It's a calling to them. 100%. And, and they're in it. Now, you mentioned the blessing of being able to talk about faith issues with and have that be a part of our purpose. What is the value of being an Episcopal school? You've worked at several of them. That What I said, being able to um, allow God's Word to come alive with children and not apologize for that and to you know, the Bible says the word of the Lord will not return void. So even when things don't look like progress is being made, it is being made. And and it takes time with children. It also has value with the rest of us adults who are in this place with each other all day, all year. And we find ourselves in a situation where um, we can pray with each other. We find ourselves in a situation where we know over time about circumstances in people's lives, especially in my job, because sometimes people will come in and say, hey, I need to talk to you about something, and maybe nobody else knows. But just the fact that I know can pray with them, can talk to them, can follow up a couple of weeks later, hey, how's everything going? Uh, all of that, I just don't know how you would – I know people do it, and I have tremendous admiration for everybody that sits in here on church on Sunday, the vast majority of whom don't work in in Christian organizations or in in ministry roles, uh, I don't know what that's like. I don't know what it would be like to get up in the morning and go to the law firm where not everybody is a believer. So I think that just has a huge impact on what we do. I'll it's, tell you, one of my favorite things to do is chapel, right? I love being a part of that, seeing the mm-hmm. kids be a part of it. I like being a school where we can talk about issues of faith but not uh, impose on children an ideology or a viewpoint because we have people, Baptist, Catholics, Jewish children, everything in between, and they can all come together. But I like that we can be ourselves, right? Like we can uh, stay true to our identity. And then with a side note, I love then going to the grocery store and having kids I've never met before. You go, Father Michael, Father Michael. Um, Just being a part of those kids' lives is a lot of fun for me. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that, you know, being part of this is really a calling, and that's something that stands out, especially at Episcopal Day School. And one way we think about calling is, uh, Frederick Beekner talks about, it's where our passions intersect with the world's needs. So what drives you in the morning? What energizes you and that passion as you come each day to Episcopal Day School? I think for the most part, that when your calling or your service to God aligns with your spiritual gifts, that's why you get up in the morning. Um, I've heard it explained like this, right? That um, there's something going on at the church and and uh, one person will walk in and see that there's a person sitting in the far shadow uh, in the chairs that are in the room crying. And 
they will go immediately to that person and say, why are you hurting? How can I help? Another person walks into exactly the same situation and sees that the chairs are crooked and starts straightening the chairs. It's not that they're not compassionate about who's hurting, but they have a different gift. Mm -hmm. And I think that when your purpose aligns with your gift, you can't help but want to do it. Mm-hmm. And for me, most of that has to do with removing obstacles for really talented people. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed being a teacher. I enjoy the little bit of teaching that I still do. But what I am excited about every day is seeing those systems that are in place in terms of human capital work well. And what can I do today, which even this morning I've already... Uh, uh, hung something from the ceiling for someone because something was there that wasn't the way they wanted it. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful new cabinetry was installed in one of our classrooms and I've never seen the teacher so happy. Mm. Uh, those are the things that if I can make the, the, the world a little bit better for all the 62 employees, that's what really kind of drives me. And I think it aligns with the spiritual gifts. Absolutely, yeah. So as you look towards this academic year, what are some of your goals for Episcopal Day School? Well, I told the board of directors a couple weeks ago maybe about um, a guest that we had from a local high school who came in to do a presentation for our eighth graders. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that she said was, everyone wants you to come to their school. That's what she told our eighth graders. And... That is our stated outcome. Mm. That's kind of our stated deliverable. That's what we tell people we do here. Come here in the, in, in, when you're two, and when you're 14, you will be exceedingly well prepared for whatever the academic setting and whatever the academic challenges and opportunities are for you mm-hmm. when your family makes that decision as you graduate from EDS in the eighth grade. That's the stated purpose, but there's so much more that happens Mm -hmm. between the lines and over the course of those 15 years when you have students uh, who have grown emotionally, they've grown in their confidence, they've grown in their knowledge of of what uh, God has taught them, who they are in Christ Jesus and what that means as they go on into high school. You know, it's a school and academics is what we do, Mm -hmm. but in Episcopal schools, We do so much more than that. And we still do the other well, but there's more than just the academic achievement. Mm -hmm. All right, before Katie starts her rapid-fire questions, uh, this is not really a question, more of a statement. You know, I think you and I have learned that the school thrives the best and the church thrives the best when you and I, when the rector and the head of school, have a good relationship. And one of the things I love working with you about is your passion, but also we're different people. If you don't believe me, go look at our two desks. His desk is very orderly. He has a file folder for everything, and then he puts it away, and everything gets done, and my desk is a mess um, on any given moment. But yet, we have a, a common respect for each other, a common vision for the entity, and a common uh, love of God and love for these children. And so it's been a blessing to work with you. Um, all right, ready for your rapid I appreciate that. And also, uh, having had these other experiences in other schools, and also, for better or for worse, being 
called into some of these schools as in my FCIS trustee capacity. Um, I don't I don't think this is um, necessarily a good thing, but it's rare what you and I share. And I I don't really know that you and I have I, we never sat down and worked at it. Um, no. So I don't know how how you do that really in some of these other schools that seem to have these problems. But um, when it's when it when when it's a blessing like this. It really does make those mornings when you're getting up to come to do things so much easier. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The church is incredibly supportive of the school, and we're a large ministry of the church. Mm -hmm. And Episcopal Day School has a relatively high number of families that are church families whose children go to the school, mm -hmm. more than many, many schools throughout our state. And maybe that's a part of it as well. But yeah. it, it really, um, the church school relationship is, is really good here, and that's just a blessing for all of us. Amen. Yes, very true. Are you ready for the rapid fire questions? I'm ready. Let's go. All right. So what was your favorite television show as a kid? So um, that one's easy. That was would be Gilligan's Island. And uh, I've always loved uh, water and tropics and oceans, and I've been to many countries in the temperate zones and I just uh, loved that show. I, I, I wanted always to be, you know, on an island somewhere. Nice. So it was Makes great Pensacola program. a place to live. Yes. All right. What is one book you recommend? Um, I love fiction and I've read my, all my life and I've written quite a bit. But one of the books that impacted me um, pretty dramatically was a book called The Omnivore's Dilemma, and it's a book about um, the agricultural industrial complex and about what we eat and about government's role in influencing what we eat and about being healthy and about um, what an impact diet has on every aspect of our life. And it's just full of stuff I didn't know, hmm. and uh, it's, it's one everybody should read it. Awesome. All right, what's a favorite character of yours in the Bible, and you can't pick Jesus or God? Yes, that, that one's pretty easy, too, for me, although there's so many wonderful, wonderful examples uh, that we can follow, especially because, you know, whatever we experience, Jesus experienced. So um, the Bible is just full of examples depending on what our circumstances are. And I'm sure this is a common answer, but for me... Um, King David is is special because his uh, his failings mm -hmm. never got in his way, and uh, so many of the psalms that he wrote start with this 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 anguish, and they kind of lead into this thankfulness, and they kind of end up with this raging worship, um, and despite his um, personal shortcomings and his mistakes, God still used him as a leader. So it just throws completely out the window that we're not qualified to lead. Because right. if, 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 if you had to be perfect to do it, there'd be no leaders. Yes, so true. And since the, the Psalms are the ancient hymns of the church, what's your favorite hymn? 
So when I was a little guy in Birmingham, Alabama, and I would go to Norwood Baptist Church with my grandfather and my grandmother, which is um, the church where uh, my father was raised, um, my grandfather was one of those guys who, he was the usher, and then he took the money, and then he counted the money. I'm not sure he ever actually went to church. He was <laughs> at the church a lot. Um, but he loved to sing um, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms. Mm -hmm. And he would hold my hand and put me up in the pew, and so we would sing that together. And so that, to me, will always be my answer to that question. Mm. That's neat. So who is the most famous person you have met? Um, <clears throat> it's going to be an Alabama football player then. No, but I've met a few of those. Um, i tell you what comes to mind here. Maybe it's because it's a timely topic. But when I was 16 or 17, um, I went to a Jimmy Buffett concert. Mm. And after the concert, I was by myself and I had my car. And after the concert, I rode around to the back of the venue and I waited on the band to come out and get in the limousine. And then I followed them through the streets of St. Pete, and they made all these twists and turns, stopped at a steak and shake, and then went back to the hotel. So I got out and went into the hotel, and there was nobody there, and the lobby was empty, and I went home. But early the next morning, I got up, and I went back, and I just sat in the lobby, and I was at a little game table, which is where you would sit across. They used to, I don't even know if they have those anymore, but um, Jimmy Buffett came down, and sat across from me, and we played this game together uh, early in the morning and drank coffee, and that's pretty cool. That's that really is. Cool. Wow. I haven't met a lot of famous people, and in 1982, I don't know how famous he was, but I yeah. met him. That was yes, <laughs> yes. So what is one thing that instantly makes your day better? Um... That has something to do in my work world with children mm. because it's very hard to carry um, burdens when you're around smiling, happy kids. They have an incredible ability to go from just being having a total meltdown to being the happiest kid on the playground. Um, I do wander around a lot and I spend a lot of time on playgrounds. Um, because they're happy. And if I can get a little dose of, you know, kindergarten love, I'm going to have a good day. So true. It's fun to just go up to Hilton Green Campus and see them all running around and having fun. Yes, and we're doing a lot of happy running around down here now on our new play space. So true. So last question is, what is something you are grateful for today? Um, I think about that a lot. And my best friend since second grade, and I, we talk about this a lot. He became a believer when he was 36 years old. Uh, when we were in college together, at one point after a couple years, he was my roommate and he told me, listen, man, you got to stop telling me about Jesus. I love you, but I've had enough. <laughs> um, and, you know, 15 years later, he called me one night and to tell me that he had become a believer. Mm. Uh, he has two adult children. I have three adult daughters. And one of the things that we talk about a lot is the fact that our children are grown and they're, they're supporting themselves financially. Two of my daughters have um, wonderful, uh, I have two great son-in-laws. They have wonderful husbands. Um, and I have a hard time getting, every day I have a hard time getting past the fact that I feel like I'm already the big winner. It mm -hmm. doesn't matter what else God does for me. 
Um, I just, I, I'm, I am thankful every day for the blessings of my children. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for taking this time to be with us today. My pleasure. This is really fun. Thank you for listening to Christ Church Pops. Take a moment to subscribe to the podcast, hit like, and share with your friends. And please join us for worship in person or on YouTube or Facebook. And you can learn more about Christ Church at christ-church.net. This podcast is by Father Michael Hoffman and Reverend Katie Gillette and edited by Jake Wolstatter. Christ Church exists to show everyone God loves them unconditionally. So remember God loves you and have a blessed day.